0: If you're having girl problems, I'll feel bad for you, son. I got 99. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Way, way, way wrong song. Sorry about that, everybody. But welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast of strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And you know what? We don't have 99 problems. We have COVID. We really have one giant problem. But that allows us to come together virtually and argue about Mundane things and the month of February, love is in the air, so you know that we are going to be dealing and talking through the best romantic comedies ever made. So, this list was put together meticulously by Nikki, she did a phenomenal job. And we are out of the round of 64, we are in to the round of 32, and this is where we are going to make the selections for the Sweet 16. Let's meet our panelists, and I'm going to go in the order that they are picking tonight, and we're going to start out in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, how you doing? What you drinking?
1: Hey, Chris, I'm doing good, other than the whole uh, you kind of rapping at the beginning thing. Um,
0: yeah, that tonight, was bad. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I actually I actually rather enjoyed it. Uh, tonight, uh, I have a, chosen this particular beer for two reasons. Number one, because uh, our three-year-old daughter has recently discovered dinosaurs. Aww. And number two... Uh, it's really, really cold here. So, this is Dino S'mores. Oh. <laughs> it is an Imperial Marshmallow Stout. Yes, that's a thing. Uh, it is from Off Color Brewing, which is out of Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, I believe. Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. I say to the man wearing Cubs uh, <laughs> sweatshirt. No, it's out of Chicago. And uh
2: that's it's, how we say it. In the, in that's the right. That's Alabama. how. That's how
1: we say it here in Huntsville, Alabama. It's really good, actually. I don't get uh, a whole lot of the gram, although it says it does include gram flour. But I get a lot of the marshmallow and vanilla bean. It's very tasty, and it's very good for a cold night. And it is ten and a half percent alcohol by volume. So yay!
0: Well, your trivia fact for the night: Did you know that George Washington was the only president who died before the discovery that dinosaurs existed? <laughs> The only reason I knew that is because it was a trivia question on the Pub Trivia Experience a little while back. Oh, my God. That was like a plant. Like, it was a segue to get to talk about our other podcast, the Pub Trivia Experience. If you like trivia, by the way, go listen. But that's not what we're here for tonight. (laughs) The good thing is, is that there is a little bit of a shared characteristic between the Pub Trivia Experience and boozy bracketology. And if you can't tell, it is the booze. We're going over next Oh, right next to Mike on the couch. I'm assuming <laughs> Romeo is there, too. But Nikki, how you doing? Yes. What you drinking?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired uh, today. I got up. I got up at like 430 this morning. We we I don't know. We joined like the rest of the world and got one of those Pelotons. So I've been getting up in the morning and doing my cycling. And like I, I can't decide if I like it or if it's like a death machine. I don't know. But <laughs> I was really tired. Um, so, I'm just having my sparkling water tonight. I didn't want to, you know, mess up all my hard work on the Peloton. No. <laughs> so i having my sparkling water tonight. I, I offered
1: her a coffee beer, but she hates coffee beers. So.
2: You know, I did try that marshmallow beer before. I yeah. didn't taste any marshmallow. Like, it didn't have a s'more taste to me. But again, I don't really like those really heavy stouts. But if you like, I think, heavier stouts like that and can, you know, have a good palate, I think you could probably... Maybe taste the marshmallowy yeah. notes. Oh yeah,
0: no, this is really good. But yeah, uh, you got a Peloton, which my understanding is that's just a really expensive clothes clothes rack. Is that right? It's a great pretty place much to hang now. Like
2: no, wait, you know I, you know, it's funny because you get kind of addicted to like there's all these like classes and like you want to take the cool ones and I get all excited about it. I wake up all excited and then after I do it, I'm like, man, <laughs> this thing is hard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we joined the world of fitness as well. I bought a treadmill. So uh, we got it set up yesterday. Um, I went for my first run today. It was great. And by run, I meant leisurely stroll. Um, (laughs) I I love it. It's in the garage. It's beautiful. And I'm hopefully going to use it a lot. All right. Speaking of using it a lot, we're going to talk to someone that we've only met four times before, but we've used her opinion a lot in the rom-com bracket already. Gabby, how you doing and what you drinking?
3: Hi, I'm I'm doing good today. Uh, I'm drinking a Robert Mondavi red blend, uh, and the only the only thing I do at 4:30 in the morning is roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> uh, so I was running at at 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> but kudos to you, Nikki, for being up so early this morning. Um, I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping with my reds today. <laughs> oh, God
0: bless. I am a fan of the reds. Not the baseball team, the wine. Now let's head on out a little bit closer to home, at least for me, about four feet to my left, my lovely wife Leah. Babe, how you doing and what are you drinking?
4: Okay, to be clear, we're at least six feet apart, so I do feel like this is a safe zone for us. Um, But yeah, I'm doing great. I am uh, listening to my daughter scream in the other room, so that's kind of, yeah nerve-wracking she'll put herself back to uh, sleep. i know she'll be fine um but i also am tired i've been up since four um because of our dog waking us up at 4 a.m every single morning needing to go outside so whatever um so i am drinking a nice cold 16 ounce bottle of diet coke
0: well that means i'm holding down the liquor fort in our house tonight and I am drinking. This is a this. Uh, I can't explain this. This bottle is amazing for a, a distillery I've never heard of. This is Redemption, the Redemption Distillery. This is their high rye bourbon, so it's a really high rye mash bourbon. Uh, it's a store, it's a selection, a private barrel selection for Sunshine Liquors right here in uh, Palm Harbor, Florida. This is amazing. I cannot overstate that enough. I can't speak to any other Redemption product, but this particular store pick is a phenomenal pour. So if you are a bourbon guy and you're in Palm Harbor, get over there before they sell out. Well, speaking of selling out, we're heading out to Dallas, Texas, (laughs) home of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Steven, how you doing? And uh, which carbonated beverage is gracing your hand tonight?
5: Um, I'm doing okay, Chris, although uh, if anybody here has like some extra red yarn, I've, I've been watching a lot of WandaVision lately, and I, I'm I'm very, very close. I'm very <laughs> close, I just need a little extra yarn, I'm almost there, and I'm, I'm, I'm cracking open a beverage, I'm good to go. Did you notice that there's a hexagon at the end of every single episode? A hexagon! <laughs> what does that
0: mean? <laughs> I didn't, but I will say I am loving WandaVision. Four episodes in, no, I am hooked. I love it.
1: I'm looking forward to watching it again because Nikki doesn't like watching the, the shows while they're still going on because she wants to start watching. She hates oh, the suspense. I don't like to
2: wait. I'm, so, I'm impatient. So
1: I'm looking forward to
0: re-watching it again with Nikki as soon as it's over.
2: Yeah, he knows that I don't <laughs> watch anything that like I have to wait for the
0: next episode. Not oh, do. Nikki, you're such a millennial.
2: I, You know, you know I... I've given, I had to give up my video stores and all that stuff. And I miss video stores. If I have to give all that stuff up, I'm going to take advantage of the streaming and do it the way I want to do it. So it's
0: a valid point. Speaking of valid points, we're going to move right in to our first matchup. We have got your one seed, the Philadelphia story that ran by all the boys that loved before to a three to two victory, taking on the eight seed broadcast news which flushed splash down the toilet. And we're going to start this off with Mike. What do you think?
1: You know, this one's actually a little tougher than I would have thought because, and it, I don't know if it's even necessarily recency bias because I rewatched Philadelphia story recently and I watched broadcast news for the first time recently. And I really enjoyed broadcast news. Uh, I thought it was very good. Um, But I just, at the end of the day for me, I laugh harder at the Philadelphia story. I mean, broadcast news has a couple really hilarious moments, but overall it's a little it's a little more dramatic. I laugh harder at the Philadelphia story and I kind of like the relationship better between her and Carrie Grant and kind of like the way that the the way he sort of watches over her and like just allows her to be here there's something interesting and unique about it and it just like the whole thing is just so screwy and fun that i've got to give my vote to the philadelphia story here
0: philadelphia story picking up a vote we're bringing it over to nikki yeah
2: um this one is a yeah it's a little bit tougher my thing, you know, I guess with broadcast news again, I, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would enjoy it. Um, when I had originally kind of heard the concept and everything like that, um, I thought the acting was phenomenal, and I really liked the script. Um, I thought it um I thought it was very well written. It had a lo- lot of a uh, lot of good comedy in it. I just I just didn't like that ending. I don't. I I like. I do. I like my romantic comedies tied up in a little bit more of a bow and I just didn't like that like nobody got together or anything like that. I like a Philadelphia story. I think it's, you know, it it, it kind of started the formula a little bit. So, I think I have to give it to Philadelphia story. I do think it's the better romantic comedy, so my vote goes to Philadelphia story.
0: A Philadelphia story came out sluggish against all the boys I loved before, but is taking the commanding two to nothing lead. And Gabby, are we putting the final nail in the coffin of broadcast news?
3: So, this was a hard decision for me, too, thinking about both of these movies. Um, but uh, I am actually going to vote for the Philadelphia story, too. Broadcast news to me uh, ended up dragging a bit long. And I, I didn't feel as much uh, like I connected with the characters like I did Philadelphia Story. There was always so much going on, uh, a lot of antics. It was a wacky movie. Um, this one, you know, everyone, they're, they're just all the characters were so intertwined. And not that they weren't in broadcast news. I just think Philadelphia Story did it better. Um, so that gets my vote.
0: Oh, that is a 3 nothing victory so far for Philadelphia Story. It's moving on to the Sweet 16, but we want to hear what all of our panelists have to say. Leah.
4: So when I think about a typical rom-com, um, I think that it would be one that the film is focused around the romantic life of the main character. I don't think broadcast news really does that. It does have the whole uh, like love triangle situation happening. Um, and it's got some very critically acclaimed performances for sure. Um, but so does Philadelphia Story. Um, and neither of them are, are ones that are gonna be on my top list, like top five lists or anything like that. Um, but I'm gonna vote for Philadelphia Story just because I haven't voted for that many older movies, and I think it's more of like a typical, I guess, rom y movie than just like a really good movie that happens to have a
5: romantic storyline in it
0: and we're going for our first sweep of the evening steven
5: uh yeah i said last time that i had never seen broadcast news until this bracket i'm glad i saw broadcast news it was an enjoyable two hours plus but philistelle story is a classic for a reason it easily gets my
0: vote here so moving along with a sweep so many people were against Philadelphia Story. At least two of you were in the opening round, but it is going to sweep its way into the Sweet 16. We're moving on. We have got the battle of an upset versus a really tough matchup in a four thirteen 13 seed. Your upset was the five twelve upset. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which trounced all over Shakespeare in Love, taking on the sleeper hit... While you were sleeping, which eked out a victory over something's gotta give, this is a twelve to four matchup, and we're gonna start with Nikki.
2: I really like both of these movies. These are both really good and enjoyable. Um, we we did just rewatch my Big Factory Wedding because I hadn't seen it in a little while. And I remember when it first came out and it was like very hyped up. Um, but it really is very funny. Um I just love kooky characters in romantic comedies. I love, you know, the lots of the side characters and the side plots. Um, Why You're Sleeping is just a classic for me. I love Why You're Sleeping. We talked a lot about Why You're Sleeping a little bit in the holiday bracket. Um, to me, it I, I think I like the the romance better in while you were sleeping even my big fat Creek wedding yeah it's it is a romance in it and it's their wedding and everything like that but i feel like the family is the main focus while while you were sleeping also has a family focus it does focus a little bit more on the romance um so for me i'm gonna have to go with why you were sleeping
0: while you were sleeping picks up its first vote gabby do you agree
3: Uh, to be honest, this one for me is a no-brainer. Um, actually, I would, I'm would i going to vote for My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I love that movie. The family is so quirky. They're funny. Watching them scare the hell out of their future in-laws is even also hysterical. Uh, and While You Were Sleeping was okay. I mean, that, that was the first time I had seen this movie for the bracket. I just i didn't fall in love with the characters. Um, so really I think that my Big Fat Greek Wedding character is a lot lot more lovable and it gets my vote.
0: Gabby has applied Windex to Nikki's hopes and dreams. Leah, what do you think?
4: Well, I think I've only said this about 17 billion times on this podcast, but While You're Sleeping is a top five movie of all time for me, so there's no convincing me otherwise. I'm always going to move it on. Um, I actually really enjoyed my Big Fat Greek Wedding though when it first came out. I just haven't Watched it in a long time and I haven't really thought about it in a long time. Uh, While you're asleep, and I watch every Christmas and even uh, more often than that if I get the chance. Uh, it's very soothing for me. It's it's like my comfort movie. Uh, Jack Callahan is a blue collar hottie and Sandy B is everything I want to be and more as Lucy. Um, so yeah, um, I like that the characters both have their own goals outside of. You know, their relationship storylines. Uh, the plot is really silly, but also totally believable. And I will uh, cast my vote in- infinitely for a while you were sleeping.
0: As Leah has cast an infinite amount of votes, I can only think that some of those votes might be fraudulent, but we're going to get Stephen's opinion first.
4: Don't be political. Don't you do it. <laughs>
5: Uh, I'm a bit of a quandary for this one. Uh, I think my big fat Greek wedding has the better supporting cast. I think While You Were Sleeping has the better main character. Um, I don't find that the main character in My Big Fat Greek Wedding is all that dynamic. She kind of has a goal, and she achieves that goal, but she doesn't really change throughout it. Like she doesn't come to appreciate her family in any new or special ways. I feel like Sandy B. It's it's not a huge character arc, but there is a little bit of arc there. And um, ultimately I'm watching the main character as the main focus of the movie. So I'm going to give this a slight edge to while you were sleeping.
0: And Leah is doing her happy dance as we throw it over to Mike. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So
1: I was the lone vote against my big fat Greek wedding and really more in favor of Shakespeare and love in the first round. Uh, We did, as Nikki said, recently go back and rewatch it. And I, I actually liked it a lot more the second time I watched it. I don't know if it's just that I'm at least mildly more mature or that I've gone through, you know, some more of the the processes of integrating families and all that kind of stuff. So I really did like it. I thought it had some hilarious moments. Um, you know, the, uh, the, one of my thoughts about the guy at the male lead in my big fat Greek wedding though, was he, he really did take things a little too much in stride. Like there was like zero conflict there. It was all between her and her family. Um, but I did really like the movie still. I'm going to give my vote to while you were sleeping as well. I just think that even though it's a little more contrived than my big Fat recording, it's also ultimately a little more grounded, which I think is interesting. And you know, Sandy B just oozes charm. So, uh, uh, giving my vote to while you were sleeping,
0: moving on. As Mike proves once again, why he should be in the Academy. We are going to move. While you were sleeping on the Sweet 16 as we bid adieu to Nia Vardalos and her vehicle that she drove to the round of 32. Nicely done. We're moving on. We are going on to the movie that broke my heart. You've got mail beating Chasing Amy in round one. It is the eleven seed taking on the fourteen seed. No, scratch that. The three seed. I had Street Home Alabama pencil done from the beginning, but I was wrong. We have You've Got Mail taking on... Bridget Jones' Diary. We're going to start with Gabby.
3: Uh, For me, this is a no-brainer. Which movie has two British guys fighting in the middle of the street? Bridget Jones' Diary. Thank you. You win for me.
0: And Hugh Grant (laughs) picks up a vote there, even though he's not dancing in that movie like he's dancing in a movie we'll talk about later. Leah, what do you think?
4: What will NY152 say today? I wonder. I turn on my computer, I wait impatiently as it connects, I go online and my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. You've got mail. I hear nothing, not even a sound on the streets of New York, just the beat of my own heart. I have mail. From you. Come on! It's like the best 90s, like... I don't know, it's the best movie to encompass what it was like in the 90s when internet was first starting and when you really, really like someone and you would log on to your instant messenger, your email, and you were like, Oh, did they write me back? Ooh, what's gonna happen? Ooh, I made this really funny line but they haven't responded yet. Oh no, and then you overanalyze and overanalyze everything that you said or could have said or should have said. Ah, oh, It's great. We really take the internet for granted now um, nowadays. Um, but back then it was really the only way we could have our voices heard. Um, a lot of us, me. It's the only way I, could, I felt like I could have my voices heard because I didn't have the nerve to say what I wanted to say to people's face. And that's what the main character does in this movie: is that she really wants to be able to, um, you know, like take it to the mattresses and do all those things that the. It, like
0: take that. it to the
1: mattresses. <laughs> it's not from the it's Not the thing from the
4: Godfather. Me too,
1: Meg Ryan. Me
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen in the cut, that's not this movie.
4: No, like, what is, what's it from The Godfather? Something about mattresses. <laughs> I feel like something's in ma- So anyway, the, in this movie, and you've got mail, they parallel The Godfather um, and use those quotes and stuff like that throughout the movie. So anyway. She really just wants to be able to speak up and defend her little little bookstore and everything like that and stand up to this guy who's going to take away her little bookstore that was her family's, like, her mom's, like, little, like, baby um, that she's trying to keep alive for her mom. And uh, anyway, she uses the internet to help get her voice back so she can, you know, do all that other stuff, um, which is great. And the internet is used as a plot point in the movie because they can't connect personally in real life because of their situation but then when they get online they can really get deeper into who the other one is and they you know gain that mutual respect for each other on that deeper level and the internet does that so yeah it's really quite beautiful i love you've got mail and i want to see it go on
0: as leah has me yearning for the days and I'm currently on Amazon trying to buy a 56K modem to plug into my MacBook Air. But while I'm doing that, Stephen, can you talk me out of this odd purchase?
5: No. Retro is awesome. You should totally blow your money on that. That's not a stupid idea at all, Chris. Um, so I'm these movies. Uh, maybe it's because... I grew up a little bit in a comic book world, but when I see You Got Mail, what I see is the Lois Lane loves, Clark Kent, or loves Superman and is not into Clark Kent dynamic. Um, that's kind of what's going on there. She likes the online personality and not him in real life, even though it's the exact same person. And she's kind of stupid for not realizing that. And I say all this because I can't help but watch that movie and think she's kind of stupid for not realizing that, other than the fact that he's, you know, an executive at this bookstore, there is nothing wrong with uh, Tom Hanks in that movie. Uh, at the same point, there's really nothing wrong with Greg Kinnear in that movie. She's really got the best of both worlds, and she's kind of being a bitch to Greg Kinnear, because what, what the hell? What's wrong with him? Um, I, I get it that she has a love connection with Tom Hanks, and that's... We had to put a obstacle in her way, but... Meh. Um, so... No, I'm, I'm not in love with You Got Mail. I, 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 I'm i not in love with Bridget Jones' Diary either, which is probably why I'm kind of staggering here. But it doesn't – I don't have as many sort of internal objections to Bridget Jones' Diary. So if I had to sit down and watch either one of these three, that's what I'm going to watch, that's what I'm going to vote for, Bridget Jones' Diary.
0: And For anyone wondering what my opinion is, my vote would be for whatever one is shorter. But my opinion doesn't matter here. Mike, what do you think?
1: Ah, uh, first off, uh, just since Stephen brought brought him up, I just want to say Greg Kinnear is such an underrated actor. He is so good. Um, but I'm sorry, I think you've got Mail is the weakest of the Hanks Ryan movies, and I'm including Joe Versus the Volcano here. Uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, yeah, okay, it's you know it's not a perfect movie, but I think Brunelli Zellweger is really entertaining. It's fun to watch Hugh Grant be a sleazeball. Uh, It definitely gets my vote here. And not just because I prefer sleeping on my bed to on my couch. I think it's more fun. I think it's better written. I think it's more interesting. And I think it's got better performances. So I'm giving my vote to Bridget Jones Diary.
0: Now, with that vote, we are leaving. You've got mail in the past, along with a 56K dial-up modem. And we're going to bring it over to Nikki.
2: (laughs) Oh, sorry, Gabby. You're right. But I love that scene. It's raining. (laughs) then Hallelujah. That's the best scene when they're fighting in Bridget Jones' diary. I love that scene. Um, You know, but I love, I do love You Got Mail. It's kind of a nostalgia movie for me. Um, I just don't know if it holds up. I understand, you know, I know a lot of these are good, you know, in their time movies, but... All I can think of now is, like, how kind of creepy it is to just, like, meet a rando online. I mean, it's not like Match.com or something where you actually, like, see their faces or, you know, something. I mean, it's literally just someone she met in a chat room. It's kind of, kind of creepy. Um, But, I mean, it is an enjoyable movie, but I, I can't vote against my girl Bridget. So, sorry, Leah. Bridget Jones's Diary.
0: And with a commanding lead, Bridget Jones's Diary is dancing its way into the Sweet 16, that brings us over. We have got your seven seed Amelie, which ballroom dance its way around strictly ballroom, taking on the two seed The Apartment, which blanked. Returned to me in the round of sixty four. Leah, you're starting us off. Amelie or The Apartment?
4: I really don't care. These are two very strange movies. I I I, I don't care. I really don't. Um, I'm. C- guess I'm going to go with The Apartment because that's the movie I'd probably prefer to watch again. So, yeah, my vote's for The Apartment. I'm
0: assuming that's because the movie is in English. We're going to bring this over to Steven. <laughs>
5: <Probably>. <laughs> yeah, this is a very tough bracket for me because these are two interesting and unique movies who both deserve to go deeper into this bracket. Um Yeah, The Apartment's got some dark overtones to it that you wouldn't initially expect from a rom-com, which makes it a better, more challenging movie. And Amelie has that French ennui crap that usually turns me off when I watch French films. Like, I don't like Le Samurai or The 400 Blows or any other classic French cinema. Sorry, I got a little bit nerdy there. But either way, both of these films I really, really enjoy. But only one of them has Jack Lemmon at his Jack Lemoniness And... Absolutely, that performance by Jack Lemmon in The Apartment, directed by the incredible Billy Wilder, that's a pat- That's a match made in heaven as far as actor and director. They work well together. I love that film. I really like Amelie. I think Amelie is a beautiful film. It's the better film cinematography, um, which is unusual. I usually like black and white films better. But no, I got to go for The Apartment.
1: The Apartment's a better film.
0: The Apartment's got a two to nothing lead as we bring it over to Mike
1: yeah, honestly, Stephen uh, said a lot of the things that I wanted to say. like I find both these movies uh, in- incredibly charming and interesting. Uh, I connect with the main characters really, which is which is kind of cool and uh, unusual, I suppose. But I think that um, I think I just ultimately find the apartment a little more compelling and entertaining. And, and just Jack Lem is so hard not to be drawn into that Jack Lem performance. He's so like masterfully nebushy and like, and it's, I don't know. There's, it's very, it's just so easy to get drawn to that character. And I think it's a, I think it's probably a tighter script too. So uh, I'm going to give my vote to The Apartment as well.
0: The Apartment's moving on at the speed 16, but I do care what Nikki thinks. <laughs>
2: yeah i i really like amelie as well i think it's just a beautiful film um and it's very well acted i'm actually i'm kind of curious how they're going to make the musical version of it that's that's coming out um so i'll be interested but I again, I guess for me it is the apartment's just a little more fun. I I just think the storyline is so kooky, but it works, and I I can't believe they got away with all that stuff in the sixties. <laughs> um, so I I just think it's the for me it's just the one I'd I'd rather watch again. So I'm gonna go with the apartment.
0: And we are looking for a sweep, our second sweep of the night. Are we gonna get it, Gabby? Uh,
3: this is a really tough bracket for me because I actually really love both of these movies. Uh, I, I know. I think the apartment is, was really groundbreaking for its time. I love the scenery, uh, seeing all the different scenes for New York and what it was like uh, back when this was filmed. Uh, I love the the really odd storyline, <laughs> which was also hysterical. Although Amelie, I thought was a really good movie too. It was awkward. It was weird. I uh, can't help but, uh, but feel for her. Um, so I, And I, I do think Amelie deserves one vote. So I'm going to put my vote for Amelie. Amelie, I really like it and that's my vote even though
0: it doesn't move on and Audrey Tateau picks up a mercy vote as we move the apartment onto the sweet 16 we are moving on to the second bracket here the second part of this bracket the left side of our bracket we have got the one seat of when Harry met Sally which danced its way around the wedding planner which as Stephen in episode number one, episode number two told us didn't make any sense because he thought it was the wedding singer neither here nor there. It is taking on, and what is the most interesting matchup, in my opinion, of the entire bracket, the iconic Some Like It Hot, which forgot all about Paris. This is a one versus eight matchup, but a really tough decision for cinephiles out there. And, of course, we're going to start this one out with Steven. So just
5: to be clear, The Wedding Planner was the uh, Matthew McConaughey-Jennifer Lopez movie, correct?
0: Correct, but in episode number two, you thought it was The Wedding Singer, and you were oh, very upset.
5: Either way, The Wedding Planner is worse, so I still made the correct choice, so I'm not worried about that at all.
0: Um, I did, thank God. Uh,
5: either way, uh, When Harry Met Sally is probably the best platonic example Of a truly great rom-com movie. It is realistic. It is well-written. The characters are well-developed. It's well-acted, well-shot. There's a memorable scene with um, Rob Reiner's mother in the diner. It's probably deserving to be in the finals, at the very least, if not to win this all. But it's coming up against Some Like It Hot. And Some Like It Hot is an incredible comedy it's an incredible rom-com. It is a rom-com because it's got that whole uh, Marilyn Monroe where they meet pretending to be women. So you have the obstacle they have to get over even to win the woman's affection. That's classic rom-com tropes. I'm not worried about that at all. Some Like a Hot is a brilliant film. It's incredibly paced. It is so well acted. The dialogue is so snappy. It's that Billy Wilder dialogue that just, it feels realistic. It comes at you like it's from the time period it's from where it's really fast and just like quick-witted. Every character is on the top of their game. And I cannot get through the scene where they're on the yacht and Tony Curtis is pretending that he cannot get aroused. So Marilyn Monroe is trying to get him past his medical condition by making out with him. And then they have that, like, she finishes kissing him, and then she goes, did that do anything? And it has the reverse shot, and his glasses are completely fogged over, and he has to, like, take a minute to recover, and then he just goes, nothing. And I cannot get past that line ever. It is brilliant. It is so well done. Some Like It Hot, one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I have to vote for it, Some Like It Hot.
0: All right, Steven has voted for Some Like It Hot. We're going to bring this over to Mike man no i <laughs> everything
1: steven said this is such a tough matchup we, we we got our second classic billy wilder movie in a row and it's actually one that i like better uh i love Some Like It Hot uh i just think it's got a tough draw it's it's a rom- it's romantic comedy adjacent i'm going to disagree with steven a little bit on that i think that the the romance i don't know it's it doesn't it doesn't quite Crackle in the same way. It certainly, it certainly does from in the in the ways that that Stephen just described. But um, I just think that when in when Harry met Sally, it's when Harry met Sally's peak rom com, right? Like, I mean, it shows the it shows the way that their relationship progresses through all the twists and turns, and and you know the they have to get over like this this notion that they're just friends and realize that they have feelings for each other and all that kind of stuff. This is really hard because. I think I like overall. Some like it hot. I think is phenomenal. I think it's it would probably be oh god I can't even say that because I love both these movies. I think when Harry met Sally is the better romantic comedy. Uh, Some like it hot, while well, it does have the romantic element, it's more of a straight up screwball comedy. Even though it, even though I would say it's funnier, I think that when Harry met Sally is the better romantic comedy. I've got to give my vote to when Harry met Sally.
0: And the men have split their decisions and i think that's the first time in our five episodes that's happened you know what it's time to get a woman's opinion and nikki please chime in
2: i'm kicking myself for this matchup it's i don't know how this happened um <laughs> <laughs> i blame myself completely um so do we i you know i it, it, i it is i i guess i i wasn't paying attention um some Like It Hot is a classic. I I love that movie. Um I mean just for Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon. I mean it's just it's so fantastic. But then when Harry Met Sally is probably my favorite romantic comedy. I love it because, you know, I feel like it's enjoyable for everybody. It is a rom-com, but I mean it's not I feel like man, I mean everybody likes it. It's not really a cheesy you know, what you think of a very cheesy rom-com. I mean, it, it's very funny. The script is so good. It's so well-rounded. Um I think I'm going to agree with Mike here that I think while some like it hot, I do agree with Steven. It is a romantic comedy. I think the romantic storyline in When Harry Met Sally is the most prevalent. I mean, it really is the plot. I mean, the whole point is it's just these two characters coming together. So I think... It is the better romantic comedy. So I, as much as I love Some Like It Hot, I'm going to go with When Harry Met Sally.
0: And Nikki pulls in with the approximation that I can make of I'll have what she's having. We're going to bring this over to Gabby.
3: So I, I like both movies. Uh, Some Like It Hot uh, was not one of my favorite ones. I actually, I voted against both of these in the prior bracket. Um, just for what the movies they were against. Uh, I will agree with Steven. I, that that yacht scene in Some Like a Hot was actually hysterical. My husband was cracking up, too. Uh, that, that's a funny scene. Um, but also When Harry Met Sally is such a classic. You've got this, the scenery all of New York, watching watching the two grow and change and, and grow almost together. And all the, throughout that whole movie, you're wondering, why don't they see it? Uh, so actually, ultimately, that's going to get my vote when Harry met Sally. I think that's the better movie.
0: Down goes Marilyn. when Harry met Sally picks up its third vote. And what I thought was going to be a really, really tough matchup turns out to be at least right now, a 3-1 to one lead for the iconic 80s rom-com. We're bringing this over to my lovely wife, Leah, to tell us how close this game will be.
4: So when I mentioned this bracket to a coworker, she made a very good point. Um, I didn't even tell her what, what uh, movies we had in the bracket. She, I just said we were doing this best rom-com bracket, and she just said, When Harry Met Sally has to win. It has to. You know why? Because men like it, too. Um, so that was going to be my argument for me to vote for When Harry Met Sally. But then, um, apparently, uh, men like their Marilyn Monroe movies too. So, um, that kind of ruined my whole reasoning. But, um, I do agree with my coworker that I feel like, even though I don't like it, uh, When Harry Met Sally is just, like, a very iconic rom-com, and so I feel like it deserves to go further, even if I don't particularly like it. So my vote's going to be for When Harry Met Sally.
0: And as Steven cries into his... I don't even remember what he was drinking. It's not alcoholic, I guarantee you that. We are moving on with When Harry Met Sally. And that's going to bring us to your next matchup. We have that guy... Whoa. We have got the five seed, the 40-year-old virgin, which tiptoed its way around music and lyrics, taking on the four seed of Pretty Woman, which grew up really quickly to beat 13 going on 30. Mike, kick us off.
1: uh, I'll just be honest. I'm not a huge Pretty Woman fan. Like, I think it's fine. I think that, and, and maybe it's partially because I, I know a little bit of the history behind it, not a lot, but like, I do think the happy ending does feel a little tacked on, mainly because it was. And quite frankly, I feel harder for Katherine Keener in The 40-Year-Old Virgin than I did for Julia Roberts. Like, I, I think it's a much funnier movie. I find the relationship more compelling and more believable. And the ending is definitely not tacked on. Like, the, the whole movie is clearly building up to that ending. So for me, this is 40-Year-Old Virgin all the way.
0: 40-Year-Old Virgin has got the lead. Nikki, what do you think?
2: 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know, at first when it kept popping up on on the lists when I was making this bracket, I I kept thinking, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin, that's more of this kind of screwball-y comedy. You know, I hadn't seen it in a while, but the romance in it is very good. I mean, it is, you know... I think one of the main plot points of the movie, I think still Steve Carell is very compelling in that role. Catherine Keener is really great. Um, and it is funny. I mean, the side characters in it are hilarious. And then Pretty Woman, you know, so much of it is nostalgia for me. I mean, I probably mentioned before, my dad, this like big dude, no matter where he's at, if Pretty Woman is on, he's watching it. Like he 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 might say that like Top Gun's his favorite movie or like something macho. But no, his favorite movie is Pretty Woman. Like he watches it all the time. Um, so <laughs> I've seen it so many times. Um and, you know, I guess it's just a little bit more iconic to me. Um, I, I kind of am going a little bit nostalgia, why I think 40 Year virgin is very good. I, I, I like the Julia Roberts-Richard Gere pairing. Um, I just think it's a fun movie. Um, so I'm going to go with Pretty Woman.
0: Pretty Woman has tied it up. It is one-to-one. One. Gabby, break this tie. So, uh, actually
3: this bracket was the first time I ever watched pretty woman beginning to end. Uh, it just was, I had mean, I'd seen a lot of parts of it. It just wasn't a movie. I had sat down and watched the whole thing and I thought it was iconic. Uh, so I think it, it took me a bit too long to actually watch that movie. Um, I have a lot more history with 40 year old version. Uh, I think it's a hysterical movie. I, it's a side splitter. I laugh pretty much nonstop watching the whole movie. And if I'm going to watch one again, it's going to be 40 year old version. I could, Stop right now and put that movie on and laugh like it was the first time I watched it. The 40-year-old virgin is going to get my
0: vote. 40-year-old virgin has a two-to-one lead. As we bring this over to my wife, Leah, are we sending Pretty Woman packing this early?
4: Yeah, we are. Um, what can, I can at least I don't like Pretty Woman at all, but what I can at least admire about the 40-year-old virgin is that the guy is unapologetically himself. Um, his friends come up with all these schemes and gimmicks and stuff like that to try and get him laid. But ultimately, you know, the moral of the story is that he stuck to being himself and who he was and stayed true to himself. And then he ends up finding the love of his life. So that's kinda of sweet. So that's that's what I'm going for. That's my reasoning.
0: Well, the forty year old Virgin is definitely moving on to the sweet sixteen, <laughs> but
4: <laughs> sorry.
0: Steven Give us your opinion, please. Did we get this right? See on mute. See on mute. Ooh, the mute button got Steven oh. again. Can you hear me now? There he is.
5: Okay. Sorry, I think I had another thing. I assume it's my turn since you're saying my name a bunch.
0: <laughs> Steven, it is your turn. And uh the four year old version is already moving on with a three to one lead right now. But what do you think?
5: Oh, okay, good. You you got it right. Uh yeah. When we watch uh, Pretty Woman, the only thing we ever think about or comment about is the scene where she goes back to the shop on Rodeo Drive. It's like big mistake. Good scene, one good scene does not a movie make. The rest of it's kind of dragging. Um, maybe it was transgressive for its time, but certainly not now. Now it's kind of just light fluff, and it's not that interesting. So I, I'm not a huge fan of the 40 year old version. Uh, I think um, I think it's much better than Pretty Woman, and much rather watch it than that. So 40 year old version.
0: The 40-year-old version is going to take a four-to-one victory as it dances its way into the Sweet 16. Elizabeth Banks still hanging out naked in that bathtub. Thank God for Seth Rogen. We are moving on. I'm sorry. Are my are my references getting too vague? I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, that was great. That was a good one. I just see him going high. <laughs>
0: To, to not like tip the skills here here. I love the 40 year old version. It's one of, my, I, I, that's one of my favorite romantic comedies because it's not a romantic comedy at all, yet it totally is a romantic comedy. Judd Apatow is amazing. Neither here nor there. We have got the five seed forgetting Sarah's Mar- Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which somehow snuck its way past Muriel's wedding, taking on the iconic. The iconic film where characters don't meet each other in real life until the very end sleepless in seattle and i cannot think of a better person to start with their opinion than the host of this show nikki (laughs) i thought you were the i think you were the i'm the host but i've been drinking nikki is the (laughs) creator oh goodness (laughs) it's that kind of night everybody go ahead nikki
2: getting Sarah Marshall. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I'm just, I'm a Kristen Bell fan too, pretty much anything she's in. I just, I love her. Um, Jason Siegel is hilarious. Um, you know, and I, I, it, I think he's funny. I mean, I, Chris is giving me the eh. But again, with Forgetting Sarah Marshall, to me, it's just the love story's kind of okay. I mean, it's not bad or anything. Mio Kunis is, is, um, Is great in it, um, but I just feel like it's a little bit forced chemistry. He's still in love with Kristen Bell. I mean, it, it, it just didn't feel that natural. I mean, most of it was just him getting over this breakup more than it was about you know, him falling for Mila Kunis. So I just feel like the romance part wasn't my favorite, but it's a fantastic movie. It it, it makes me laugh so hard. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, it's a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan classic. I mean, Tom Hanks is adorable in that movie. I really do like Tom Hanks in Sleepless in Seattle. Um, it probably isn't the best of all the romantic comedies, I would say. Like, I mean, it, it drags a little bit. And the fact that they don't meet into the end, it's like all this buildup. Um, so, so the, it drags a little bit, but for me, I just think Sleepless in Seattle is an iconic choice for me. So I think it is the better romantic comedy, even though I probably kind of like watching <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall better. I think that Sleepless in Seattle is the better romantic comedy. So I have to give it my vote.
0: Nikki is locked in her vote. Gabby, what do you think?
3: This is actually really a tough call for me. Uh, sleepless in Seattle did give me the warm and fuzzies, uh, but I do. I'm obsessed with How I Met Your Mother. I've seen every episode of that series, uh, probably several times. And I think Jason Segel is really good in this movie. Um, hearing Kristen Bell's new boyfriend sing his ridiculous song is hysterical. Um, all the antics he gets to in Hawaii. Uh, maybe I just love a train wreck. I don't know. But uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall wins it for me.
0: We have got a tie game. We're going to bring this over to Leah.
3: All right. Well, I know you guys know
4: what I'm going to vote for here. Um, I'm voting for the Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan classic. You've got mail. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I can do that. Yeah. We've (laughs) done it like
0: three episodes, three brackets in a row. I
4: can totally do that. Um, No, I'm still going to vote for Tom and Meg. Um, I know that they're only on screen together for like three minutes, the entire movie. But you know what? I like the tease. Um Somehow they still have chemistry even when they're not on screen together. So I'm going sleepless in Seattle. Horses, 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 horses. <laughs> That's my deep cut uh, quote from the movie. <laughs> horses, 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 horses.
0: And as Leah has locked in her vote for Mickey's Christmas Carol, we're bringing it over to Steven.
5: <laughs> You're not worthy to speak its name.
1: <laughs> um... <laughs>
5: yeah, these are another. this is um kind of a lukewarm versus a lukewarm. Uh, I actually think sleepless in Seattle might be slightly better, but I have a major problem with it in the fact that sort of the contrivances we have this magical kid that like is setting the plot in motion and thinks and acts like an adult, and not like a child. maybe he acts kind of like a child I mean, means a little silly what it does. So, yeah. I g- I kind of I'm objecting to it out of principle, not out of actual feeling. I, yeah, Sleepless in Seattle is the one I enjoy more. I'm gonna just go with that, Sleepless in Seattle.
0: And with that, Sleepless in Seattle is gonna move its way into the round of sixteen. Mike, did we get this one right?
1: Well, to be honest, I'm glad it doesn't come down to me because I I like both these movies. I don't, but I don't love either one. Um, I think it's an interesting matchup because they are both. Uh, at their foundation, the the male lead of of it are both uh, heartbroken men struggling to move on and love again, but in very different ways. Um, and I think that the Tom Hanks struggle is uh, a little bit more compelling. Uh, I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall's the funnier movie, uh, but uh, I think Sleepless in Seattle is probably the better movie. Uh, and it is the best of the Hanks Ryan movies. And I do include Joe versus the Volcano in that. So I'm giving my vote to Sleepless in Seattle as
0: well. Well, Sleepless in Seattle is going to move its way onto the Sweet 16. We wrap that one up. And ladies and gentlemen, we're down to our last pick of the evening. It is somewhat fitting that this is going to fall to start with Gabby as we go with the classic and one of my favorite, probably actually one of my, yeah, one of my top two favorite rom-coms, Love Actually which danced its way around pillow talk, which is something that we know for a fact that Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman did not do. And it's going to take on the two-seat of It Happened One Night. Gabby, I am scared to say it, but give me your opinion.
3: There's honestly, for me... There's no competition here. I think Love Actually is an amazing movie. There's so much going on. There's warm and fuzzies all over it. Uh, So Love Actually Actually is going to get my vote, hands down.
0: Short, sweet, and to the point. Love Actually has got its first vote. Leah, you're up.
4: It's a sad, sad day when I have to go against one of my favorite holiday movies of all time, Love Actually. Um, I know we debated on the holiday movie bracket if Love Actually was actually a holiday movie. And I think we kind of had that debate on here whether or not it was a rom-com. It's actually a little of both, in my opinion. Um, But It Happened One Night is terrific. And it's like one of the OG rom-coms. So it made an impression on me the first time I saw it. So it's it's still going to get my vote. So I'm voting for It Happened One Night.
0: And in a move that has shocked her husband to his core. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) You know what else happened one night? You sleeping on the couch. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? Hey, impartial I'm, host. I'm, I'm cool. done. I'm done. I am bringing back my Stephen Ford veil of impartiality. I have peeked from behind that curtain one too many times tonight. I don't care. Stephen, you're up.
5: My God, it's like the walls of Jericho have come tumbling down.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
5: Yeah, that that was an amazing and interesting pick, um, but it shouldn't have caught anyone by surprise because there is a clear winner here. It happened one night. That's to gold. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, it, I'm struggling here for words because how do you describe a thing which... They should have sent a poet, is what I'm trying to say. It <laughs> happened one night. It's clearly the superior film here. I, I love Love Actually, it's a bunch of really good short stories. It's clever. It's fun. It's witty. It's got a dry British humor. There's a girl with a bit of an ass on her, which is very, very attractive. And I wish. But no, it happened one night. It happened one night is a classic for a reason. Hey, any millennials, Gen Zers, probably people of my generation out there, most of which have not seen It Happened One Night, pause the podcast. Go watch It Happened One Night. Come back and thank me in the comments. It happened one night.
0: (laughs) And the girl with a bit of an ass on her is going to live on in my dreams, I guess. But we're going to bring this over to Mike and see what he thinks.
1: Uh, So the last round I mentioned they were two movies that I didn't uh, necessarily love. These are two movies I do love. Like, I think these are both fantastic movies. Um but in this case, my love for classic cinema and a more streamlined and focused narrative in a rom com is going to win out. Uh, as my, I love some of the so many of the stories in Love Actually. I think they're all almost all done really well. But It Happened One Night is, I think, funnier. I think it's got and it's got a more focused narrative. I th- and it really is kind of the OG rom com. It still charms to this day. It's still entertaining. It Happened One Night gets my vote.
0: It Happened One Night is definitely moving on to the Sweet 16. Gabby, are we right?
4: Oh, it's my turn. Gabby already voted. I know. I've been drinking. <laughs> I know what Nikki's going to say. Already,
2: too. Oh, poor Gabby.
1: I actually <laughs> don't know what Nikki's going to say.
0: So. Nikki, what it's kind of fitting that no. this ends no, with you. No, I mean,
2: I've talked about Love Actually before. I don't know. I, I've never loved it, actually. Um,
4: but <laughs> no, I
2: mean it. It actually it is a good movie. I guess for me, the the plot points I like the best are not necessarily the romantic ones. I mean, I like. I mean, they're all romantic in their way, but I really like the plot point um, with Emma Thompson, um, and I like the one uh, with Laura Linney, and you know those are, I guess, not the romantic comedy plots. They're a little bit more emotional, um. Not emotional, but you know what I mean, more dramatic um I think it happened one night is just a fun movie. it really uh it really holds up um, I think for its time and it really did take the original formula, and I think so many movies have copied it um so I think I have to give it to happen one night as well.
0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, that will finalize your sweet sixteen. In the Sweet 16, we are going to have The Philadelphia Story taking on While You Were Sleeping in a matchup that is going to be pretty hotly contested, I imagine. You're also going to have Bridget Jones Diary taking on The Apartment. And then in the lower left-hand corner of your bracket, you're going to have When Harry Met Sally battling The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and that sounded way different than I intended it to. (laughs) You're also going to have Sleepless in Seattle, and it happened one night duking it out for the spot in the Elite Eight. Tune in next time for that matchup. But we will see you. No, I take that back. Tune in next time for the rest of the round of 32. Turn it in two episodes to see that round of Sweet 16. Neither here nor there. Find the Boozy Bracketology podcast anywhere you get podcasts on Instagram or Facebook at Boozy Bracketology, Twitter at Boozy Brackets, through to those daggum character limitations. Do you have a bracket that you want to submit or do you want to be a panelist in an upcoming episode? Boozy at gmail.com is the best place to do that. You want to do me a favor if you like my witty commentary or if you wish I'd shut up even more? Leave us a five-star rating. Give us a review. That'd be amazing neither here nor there, for the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. I have been Chris. I'm Mike.
4: Nikki.
5: Gabby. Leah. And I'm Steven.
0: Have a great night, everybody. Pub Trivia Experience You can find us Anywhere you get podcasts Twitter At Boozy Brackets I messed that up Didn't I Yeah you did
1: <laughs> Oh my like, That Redemption Rise Good shit
0: man Dude this Redemption Is really good <laughs>